0: welcome to BakaCast. cast uh, we're recording this on uh august 3rd who knows when it'll go out time doesn't matter anymore uh, i i am your i'm your host dustin and with me today is larry uh it's a hundred outside
1: so it's nice to be sitting inside talking to these nice people only a hundred
2: that's nice only a hundred <laughs>
1: Yes, but see, you got 7% humidity. I got like 59% humidity, so my hunter feels like a sauna,
0: and yours just feels like dry heat. Uh, that other voice comparing heat and indexes with Larry uh, is my friend Aaron. Uh, and we
2: also have Ben with us today. And actually, Larry. Yeah. I'm the feeling humid- the heat. The humidity is 24% right now. Woo! <laughs> I'm impressed. I just-
0: I just checked the humidity in uh, Minnesota for my upcoming trip next week and uh, it's at around uh, 50-60% is what it'll be for the next week so that's gonna be fun you'll just
1: soak it up like a sponge
0: (laughs) anyway uh, enough about heat and humidity um on this episode of BakaCast, uh, you can find show notes uh, at www.projectharahi.net uh, or www.audioentropy.com. Uh, we will be reviewing the first Godzilla uh, animated movie uh, made by the uh, same studio that did Knights of Sidonia, uh, And we will also be talking about the entire season of Hina Matsuri that aired recently. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with the Godzilla movie, um, which I know there is a subtitle for this. Let me check Netflix real King quick. King of
2: Monsters, I think. Planet of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first one is Planet of the Monsters. A.K.A. Knights of Sidonia versus Godzilla. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the we were talking about it before uh, we started the podcast, but um, th- at least the initial plot is basically the, the this studio mm-hmm. taking... The plot of Nights nice, of Sidonia, which they previously adapted, and then just shoving Godzilla in there, except instead of like uh, weird like bio aliens that can become your lolly friend that died
2: and become uh, your waifu.
0: Yeah, yeah. Godzilla is not your waifu in this show. No, no, no. He is not. Yeah, you said
1: Godzilla, so I expected. To... To see the press falling off a of Tokyo Tower as Godzilla knocked it over and that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, not not really in this one. Like, the kind of interesting thing about this Godzilla movie compared to most others. Like, even compared to Godzilla Final Wars that leans really heavily into the sci-fi and alien aspects of the Godzilla universe. Um, which, man, if you haven't seen Final Wars, that is a trip. I can't remember if you watched that with John
2: and me, Aaron. It sounds familiar, but I can't. It remember. was the
0: one where, like, the main character did, like, motorcycle kung fu against the villain, and there was that rad, like, American guy with the mustache.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now, now I remember. <clears throat> uh,
0: uh, yeah, Final Wars is dumb as hell, but I kind of love it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Godzilla Planet of the Monsters uh, is even more sci fi than that. And we kind of start off with uh, narration from our main character. Um, actually, no. Do we start off with uh, with no, the we, rescue? We, with, it it with starts the...
2: off with him holding the turtle hostage.
0: Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So we start off with basically um, our main character uh, holding the si- holding the ship hostage because they are basically sending out sort of the elderly in their ship um claiming pr reason is to like you know try and see if they can survive on this planet they found but they all know that they're gonna die so the real reason is that they're old and they don't have enough food and they just want to reduce the mouse to feed our main character is not a fan of this particular idea uh and tries to stop it but he's kind of overruled by the people who are being sent off to their death.
1: Well, he's distracted long <clears> enough <throat> that the security forces break into
2: the shuttle and put him in custody. No, I think he gave up.
0: Yeah, he, he gives up because, like, uh, one of the elderly people on the ship gives a big speech. Yeah. Yeah, his grandpa gives a big speech basically uh, about how like, they know what they're doing. They're like, they know that they're almost certainly just going to die, but you know, they're they're okay with that. Yeah. Um They
2: they'd prefer to die with their feet planted on ground. Yeah. yeah.
0: The ir- the ironing being is that they don't even make it that far. Their ship just immediately blows up in the atmosphere. Also <laughs> I'm ninety
2: percent sure like later on the uh the female sort of protagonist uh asked the mate Haru, to um, that, did did he take off all of the explosive on the shuttle? And was it really an accident? And I. Oh, I missed yeah. that part.
3: Yeah. yeah. Except that, you know, just blowing up the shuttle would be kind of pointless, even for the powers that be.
2: No. Uh. The one whose hand it plays into is the creepy elf friend. Because that then oh. continues to ignite. The uh the sort of anti uh, colonization sentiments.
1: Yeah, you know we've been out here floating around for twenty years and nothing's happened. Let's go home.
0: That's a good point. Yeah that that incident kind of incites like not only our our main character um who's uh Sakaki Haruo Sakaki is that yep. it um but also like kind of everyone else on the ship into like going you know screw this immigration idea let's just go back to earth um and <laughs> surely after all the dead yeah it's has been like yeah because of like you know how relative how time works when you're uh, traveling at relativistic speeds um e- even though like only 20 years has passed for the people on the ship twenty thousand has passed for earth i believe it is well, they, kind of they first 19, thought it
2: was and then they got there and they're like, no, it's 10,000. And then it's like, no, 10, it's 19,000. Yeah, 19,000, okay. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, so
0: like, it's been way longer than that on Earth. <clears throat> so they're like, surely Godzilla is like a living thing. Surely it couldn't live for that long. <laughs>
1: wanna bet.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, the words from wanna bed" in there.
1: Let's, let's, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it, yeah, and then she so sort of like get a, like after the, doomed colony ship blows up we get a flashback of uh of haruo talking about his uh childhood and well not entire childhood but basically like him escaping from the planet when godzilla first appeared and sort of like the early struggles against godzilla uh how aliens arrived like is it two different alien races yes. that showed up two different One races that... Yeah, yeah and one was people? like, hey, serve us, and the other was like, hey, do you want us to help you kill Godzilla?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we help you kill him, can we live here? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, we'll be good neighbors.
2: Yeah. Then, like, yes. I just love, Okay. I just love <laughs> that the the first, the Exif, are just like straight-up elves, and that, like straight-up religious elves, and then the other race is just humans with dark skin and pointy beards.
0: Yeah and I th- I can't remember like are both of them now living on the colony ship? Mm-hmm. Did yep. both of them survive? Okay. Yeah, so uh, of course so, between the bo- three
2: races there's only 4000 people but yeah, there's not many.
0: But yeah, like obviously the aliens also fail to to help humanity defeat Godzilla. Uh I think with the aliens help the humans build a mecha Godzilla but they're not able to get it working in time.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Uh so they just have to evacuate uh the earth and like try to find somewhere else just cuz Godzilla is too powerful. Uh, which is a which is a very interesting premise and not really one we've seen before. Like the closest I can think of is a really good comic series uh written I know drawn I think also written by James Stocco uh called uh, Godzilla half century war uh which basically follows um one character over the course of fifty years as he fights against recurring attacks from Godzilla as well as other monsters.
2: Oh that sounds um, interesting.
0: Yeah, written and drawn by James Stoko. The uh art is amazing. Can you put it on the Discord here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's only five issues, and it's on Comicsology. If you just want to get a digital copy, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite Godzilla stories ever. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of reminds of five me of issues. But yeah, um, yeah. So like each each issue like is basically ten years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it reminds me of that, with the exception that in Half Century War, they stay on Earth it's just that earth changes sort of dramatically uh, across the across the five issues um whereas like in this movie they actually leave earth and then come back to find it drastically changed uh so it's kind of a cool <clears> idea for a uh for a godzilla movie and i'm pretty into it honestly
2: i really um the other thing is uh like when they abandoned Mecha Godzilla, it's like, I'm sure that'll never come up again. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, Chekhov's Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Although uh, I would
2: be pleasantly surprised if it does never come up again.
0: <laughs> they just find it and it's all rusted and it's like, well, I guess we can't use that and it never comes up yeah, again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> They're just like, meh. We are not really counting <laughs> on it in the first place.
0: Yeah. Um,. But yeah, they they do eventually get to Earth, and it's like covered in vegetation. Like most signs of human inhabitants is like all gone, pretty much. Uh, though now the trees are like kind of metallic, and their leaves are razor razor sharp. Uh, and like the landing party gets attacked by these sort of like a dragon looking things. Dragon uh, looking yeah yeah sort of like cross <laughs> between a dragon and a pterodactyl and I noticed like when they were firing shooting their bullets at them like the bullets were killing them but they were sort of making these metallic plinking sounds when they were getting hit so whatever the hell happened to earth over the the past 20,000 years like for some reason things are metallic now well, yeah, also, these, environment. also
3: these spores uh, interfere with uh Interfere with uh, elect with uh, radio communication beyond a certain range. Like that—that that is like there are these clouds. Like the the plants give out have like clouds of spores that, uh,
2: that, you know, that inhibit
3: are... visibility and and disrupt uh and disrupt radio. Yeah, so the manafsky
2: uh, particles. <laughs> yeah
1: the planet adapted to its new inhabitants.
2: They're 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 yeah. the uh the plot device that forces them to be in close combat with their mecha.
0: Of course, yeah, it 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 almost it almost kind of tr- gives it a sort of horror action feel, like Aliens 2, or um, more recently, even though I hated it, Alien Covenant, um, just because of like that uh idea of like being in an unknown unknown location, not having like hardly any intel. Not having much communication to speak of, and just like being probably constantly surrounded by things that can immediately kill you.
2: <laughs>
0: uh... Yeah, yeah, I like I I was worried because it was from the Knights of Sidonia studio. Like, Knights of Sidonia's animation was fine for what it was, but it could be pretty stiff. Um, I think. Like there's definitely still some stiffness, but it's greatly improved for well, this Godzilla movie. Yes,
3: that's because on a movie budget, they can
0: afford a higher frame rate. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, also, also you know they had uh, they they were clearly reusing some character models from Sidonia.
2: Well, it's the same uh, character say. Uh, designer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm sure there were minor tweaks and like, uh, uh, you know, higher resolutions made for for movie uh, quality, but they definitely seem to be like the same sort of skeletons as were used in the Sidonia. So they had they had that to Uh, go on as well, I imagine. Okay, so the thing about well, thing about CG animation is
3: the the big constraint on animation quality is uh, how. Is uh, how will is like how much frame rate you can get from your rendering whatever.
0: So. Yeah, that's true. Also, how much time, how much time are you willing to dedicate your computers to for the purpose of rendering? Yes. How many days. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: See, on you know, for the like polygon for their TV series, obviously they couldn't do. They didn't have that much time to render. So like they lost a lot of frame rate, uh, which uh,
0: Ajin was a big casualty of that. Uh, I I didn't watch Ajin's, but I've heard stories.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, like okay, like everything except the an- everything except the animation was really good, but. You know, but yeah, the animation was, animation was really
0: stiff. Ah, uh, okay. I think that actually might be on Netflix too. I think like all Polygon stuff is mm-hmm. on Netflix.
2: <laughs> um, so you're going to say something, Aaron? Yeah. Um, do you, uh, do you know who uh, wrote and directed or not directed, but who wrote the story? Oh, for uh, Planet of the Monsters? Yeah. Uh, let's see,
0: screenplay by Genu Robuchi? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, alright. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I actually did not know that until now. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Oh, yeah, That
0: that's scant. <laughs> yeah, like, that. especially given the ending of the first movie... That's totally something he would do, and I kind of saw it coming because, like, the first movie ends with them, like, killing Godzilla. Uh, mm-hmm. and, like, they, they lose a bunch of people, um, like the ones that are sort of distracting Godzilla on these like kind of Star Wars speeder speeder bike looking things, uh, and then the main character like goes in and like uh, like Godzilla has like a sort of weird energy shield in this version that they have to uh, disrupt um, using yeah. like an EMP yeah. in order to actually damage him. And his like his weak point is his spines, which actually kind of makes sense, honestly. Godzilla's um, got an AT field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they disrupt the AT field, uh, destroy his spines, uh, which make him explode. They're like, all right, rad, we killed Godzilla. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. And then you realize the that Jr. this is a trilogy.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, wait, this is a trilogy, and also there are, like, ten minutes left in
2: this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I highly wait, doubt it is ten minutes of celebration.
1: No, we we killed Godzilla Jr. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, and so, like, then they start talking about, like, oh, crap, there's an even bigger energy, energy reading. We've got, like, crazy tremors happening. And then, like, a mountain basically explodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then a much, much, much bigger Godzilla... Basically emerges from the destroyed mountain, and he was he, this Godzilla was sleeping, and was awoken when they killed Baby Godzilla, uh, and they're like, "Oh crap! This was the original Godzilla, and it's so big now because it's just been hanging out here and growing for the past twenty thousand years, because <laughs> Godzilla is immortal." <laughs>
2: and they're like, "Well, we're boned." <laughs> Like all right, everyone, get out of here! I oh, was using his beam weapon. It's fu- oh crap! It's way bigger than the other one.
0: Yeah, what's interesting is like the at least with the first shot, of the beam weapon. It's not even really a beam. It's like this sort of air wave, essentially. Well, they yeah, said but... it
2: was a waveform.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. that's his. It breath just looks weapon. like a yeah. It just looks like a big ass cone. Uh, of like shimmering waves that just wreck everything in front of him, um, yeah, it's it's real cool. Uh, I really like the design of Godzilla, uh, of both Godzillas in this movie, um, and I like how their attacks look. Um, honestly, like all the action scenes in this in this movie were pretty solid.
2: Yeah, it, I really, 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 really like this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's it's a really neat take um, on the Godzilla idea, one we haven't really seen before. Um, the char- I, I like the characters. I like the idea of having like three separate species sort of interacting together. With one of the aliens not necessarily being super trustworthy, so you've got some internal conflict. Um, I actually liked the character drama, which generally in a Godzilla movie you're like, ugh, get on to Godzilla. But this was honestly actually pretty interesting. Um, it, it looked good. I like the aesthetic. I like the designs of the, the monsters and of like the, the suits and the you know spaceships and stuff. Uh, all around, like I don't really have anything to complain about. Not even really the animation.
1: And the plot had a couple of holes in it, but it wasn't holes that you could fall in up to your ankles. They just kind of tripped you
0: a little bit. Yeah. Also, like, it's a Godzilla movie, so yeah, I know, you know I, well, like I said, holes I, Not necessarily.
1: I, 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 was, I was upset that people weren't falling off the Tokyo TV transmitting tower. So outside of that, it was a,
3: you know, I, I had. A, yeah. Am
1: I, dating, no am I dating? With, am I dating? My, well, there was a Tokyo when we started, but there isn't anymore. Tokyo is now uh, just a fond
2: memory. I, I do really like when they uh, get out of the ships and explore a bit, and they see what look like ruins of the city, and they're just like, that's impossible, it's been 20,000 years, and then the guy's just like, no, 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 it's not that, it's that the plants have grown on the things and then fossilized to maintain basically the shape instead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's that, that 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 was a really cool thing. I love the idea of like fossilizing like buildings. <laughs> so like the, yeah that's that's our legacy. We don't have skeletons, I, I can, we have I, skyscrapers.
1: I, I can dig with the fossil thing. I kind of know how that fossil comment goes, yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I thought they yeah, it's like what uh, yeah, I also like the main character's reaction to that. It's like the earth remembers.
2: Yeah, because it was the same flower he had on his pendant in the uh, the uh, the beginning. When he was escaping and his mom and dad got killed, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I don't trust his <clears throat> elf friend.
0: Oh, no, you absolutely shouldn't. <laughs> that dude's no. up to something.
2: <laughs> They're not particularly
0: subtle about it either. In, in <laughs>
2: fact, I'm probably 60% sure that the X have probably put or activated Godzilla in the first place.
0: Yeah, That that wouldn't be super surprising since, like, uh, I know in some Godzilla movies, uh, Godzilla or, like, one of the monsters he's fighting against is the direct result of, like, an alien creating it. So that wouldn't be, like, super unique to Godzilla canon. Um, but, yeah, I, I could totally see one of the alien races being like, yeah, we, we want to, you know, land off, we want to take over Earth, but we don't want to deal with actually, like fighting the humans ourselves so we'll just make a bio weapon in the form of Godzilla and they're like oh that worked too well well okay <laughs> yeah so this this
3: rendition of Godzilla sort of it changes up like the metaphor that Godzilla represents because like because the, like the original you know OG Godzilla the the whole point of Godzilla was that it was you know, a response to, uh, it was a response to nuclear weapons. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, so, so it was basically punishing humanity, punishing humanity for developing nuclear weapons.
0: Uh. Yeah. And, and in some other, like, recent Godzillas, uh, particularly like the, the recent American ones, uh, made by Legendary Studios, uh. He, while he's not specifically a punishment For nuclear weapons He's still sort of is represented as A balancing Force of mother nature Essentially he, like he's not really a hero Or a villain he just want to make sure That earth doesn't get screwed up
1: <laughs> Yeah kind of like A poster child
0: But yeah whereas, whereas like this Godzilla is almost like A force for Like Almost entropy
3: Well, I. Well. Yeah. If you take the. uh, If you take the exif at face value, which you probably shouldn't, I mean, the exif sort of. uh, He claims that. uh, That Godzilla is uh, punishing humanity for its attitude towards the Earth. You know? As something to be. As something to be dominated.
0: Yeah, which, like. Uh, you know, that that's sort of in the traditional, uh, line of Godzilla metaphors, but also we don't have the full series, so we kind of don't know nearly as much about Godzilla as we do in, like, his other portrayals, so uh, I'm sure we'll get a better idea of kind of the, the themes of these movies as they go on, um, but yeah, at, at least from the first movie, there's definitely a... A concurrent theme of humanity sort of having you know, even if there are other planets out there humanity belongs to Earth um, as much as they believe that Earth belongs to humanity and sort of coming to grips with uh, like, going back to an Earth that rejected them and is no longer suitable for them
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting to see that, uh, how you can idle along at sublight for 20 years and get nowhere and hit the button and 10 seconds later you're back at Earth.
2: Well, because they had to scan the planets.
1: I know, I'm just saying. <clears throat> yeah, so they, yeah, so they everybody, probably did, said, didn't
2: travel that far.
3: It, it didn't. Uh, it's, it specifically said they traveled 11.9 light years, uh, which is roughly the distance between, um... Earth and, uh, the Tau Ceti system. Okay. Um, which, actually they, they mentioned that the, uh, they mentioned that the planet where they, you know, where they tried, where they tried to drop off the old people was called Tau E.
1: Yep.
0: So, yeah. yeah. According to Wikipedia, Tau Ceti E is an unconfirmed fourth known planet orbiting Tau Ceti that was detected by statistical analyses of the data of the star's variation in radial velocity <clears throat> that were tamed to... Okay, that's a lot of math talk.
1: It's like, uh, it's, like it's a good guess. Uh,
0: yeah. but uh, Because the minimum mass of a super-Earth is five Earth masses, Tau Ceti E may be Earth-sized. If it possesses an Earth-like atmosphere, the surface temperature would be around 68 degrees C, 154 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot.
1: Yeah, it's just a nice summer afternoon in Phoenix.
0: Even if it's Earth like, that's pretty hot. I, mean, <laughs> so I suppose it's not so hot that you can't like uh uh, uh counteract that with technology.
1: It's it's not like it's hot enough to melt granite.
0: So I can kinda see why they'd go to Seti E to see if they could live there.
2: Yeah, it's not hot enough that it's too hostile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just just stay inside. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, yeah, just I... just don't go outside.
1: I the the only reason I brought that up is because I keep going back to Star Trek and warping all over the this that and the other place. It's like you guys are going so fast. Look at what you're missing. These guys went slow and look what they found. Nothing. Oops.
3: <clears throat> yeah, you, you can't. Uh, I you can't really exp- You can't really explain that. Uh, like the time differences by relativistic time dilation because
0: that ain't that ain't gonna work
1: (laughs) nope
0: Uh. it is kind of interesting that they didn't go to like uh, uh, Proxima Centauri B or something since that's only 4.22 light years away but see, but they maybe, may I'm have sure been, they had their reasons. But see, they well, may have gone already. Yeah, maybe they did already know, scan
1: you know, it. And found the, uh, you know, no humans allowed, no trespassing, go away, we don't want any. You know, all those signs in orbit.
0: Yeah, that's true. Tau Ceti might have just been the the next one on their list. Yeah, it's the like nice maybe they thing. went to Proxima Centauri B and were like, nope, can't go there. There's giant scorpions all over the place. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The planetary unwelcome sign. I mean, to be fair, giant scorpions, Godzilla. I'll take the giant scorpions.
0: <laughs> yeah, well.
1: Well, yeah. If given a choice, I, I could. I could almost understand that.
0: Yeah, but also, yeah, that's true. Also, giant scorpions probably don't live for twenty thousand years. <laughs> one, one hundred. Uh, anyway. We're getting super off track here. Uh, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by it because I was a little hesitant because I had heard um, some reactions from uh, uh, other posters and like the, the kaiju thread on the Penny Arcade forums who weren't too weren't really a fan of it. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up really enjoying it. Um, so I'll give this a five and I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to when we talk about the second one.
3: Yeah. I'm going to give it a 4, and I'm totally on board for the next one.
1: I can give it a... 5. And, yeah, can't wait to see uh, what these new characters that uh, we stagger into at the end of the movie are like.
0: Ah, uh, well, yes,
2: the natives. It, it was hinted at earlier in the movie. When they're uh, going through the jungle, they ha- they see movement, and one of the scenes has uh, movement of hair uh, that passed I, I through know. the camera. I know. Oh but... yeah, I, I remember them talking about the movement, but I didn't remember the the hair. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's just like you know, we'll just see what happens. That's the nice thing about movies like this—you never know what's going to happen until it happens.
2: Also, when the uh, when the exif first appear in the news report, it's being reported by PPC. <laughs> I really want to know what that acronym
0: stands for. Don't worry about it. I really, I really want to know what that second P is, because like, if it's British Broadcasting like channel, it's a parody of that. The first P would be like whatever the organization is or country is. What the heck does the second P stand for?
1: Enough to make you wonder this your whole vacation?
0: I guess it's like an IHOP situation <laughs> where like yeah. It's like, BBC is like, yo, guys, we're changing our brand. And then they just, like, change the B's to lowercase letters and, like, flip them around. We're the PPC now. That that doesn't scan. I'm just going to say. So what what, what else is new? I'm so disappointed that IHOP did not end up going through
2: with. (laughs) Rebranding to IHOP. I do like the commercial where they're just like, you "Yeah, cowards. about that bee thing." It was just a publicity stunt. Yeah, yes,
3: like, cowards. It was as a publicity stunts Go, that was brilliant.
2: <laughs> also, the burgers aren't that good, by the way.
0: Oh. well, I mean, Have of course sampled? they aren't. They're made by IHOP. So you
1: sampled, <laughs> huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, no, I haven't. I just know no, instinctively I was that IHOP doesn't
1: make good burgers. Com- I was addressing the oh. person who made the comment. Okay.
2: Yeah, wasn't that impressed. They've got good okay. breakfast. Burgers, not so much. Do okay. they
0: have a burger that's just like a, like a patty melt, but instead of like <laughs> buns, it's... Instead of like bread, it's pancakes?
2: What do you think this is? Uh, uh, Taco Bell or uh, KFC? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you're... If you're iHop, the International House
0: of Pancakes, and you're advertising your burgers, the least you can do is create a novelty burger that's between either waffles or pancakes.
2: Didn't uh, like what are like what I are know, they even doing? I know one of the fast food places did a, a thing between waffles.
0: I've had a I've had a burger between waffles before. It's pretty good actually. Though the waffles aren't like as sweet as they normally would be. Okay Don't worry about I, it
3: Actually I've had, I have that all the time I just uh, I cook waffles I cook waffles I nuke a veggie burger And there That's lunch Nice so,
1: you know Now that we're speaking of food We might as well talk about Hina Matsuri Because that's Hina's Big claim to fame Is food
2: yeah, yeah Let's I will Let's move on to Five And I'm out Nice. Talk to you later, Aaron. See Uh, ya. Bye.
0: Yeah, so let's move on to uh, Hinamatsuri, a show that we talked a little bit about at the beginning Mm -hmm. of uh, the season where it aired, uh, but since it's a comedy show, we didn't really do weeklies of it. Um, I I think our suspicion was correct that this show is a lot easier to review as a whole than it is as um,
1: sort of a weekly
0: basis. Uh, Yeah.
3: Well, I don't know. It's not too bad on a weekly basis because uh, it has a very episodic structure. Even though there is, even though, and I'll give this credit, there is a
0: strong thematic through line. Yeah, that thematic through line being adults kind of suck.
1: Well, sorry <laughs> you know takes a look at uh, social ills from an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah, uh, like, one thing I noticed about the show is that, um, like, it starts out, the first couple episodes are very, uh, like, heavily in, heavily comedic, and, like, it's still, it's still, main it's still like a comedy, but as it gets further in, there's also a lot more serious moments, and I remember the very first time, the very first episode I was watching, where it did go into a more serious moment, and, like, I actually was sitting there crossing my fingers going, like, please don't undercut this with a silly joke, uh, was during the episode where Anzu, like, gets adopted by the kindly elderly couple that own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, it gets super sincere. Like, honestly, for most of that episode, it's very sincere. And throughout the whole thing, I was actually kind of hoping, Mm -hmm. like, Please don't ruin this by, like, telling a silly joke at the end. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, they they just left it as totally sincere. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's the thing about this show is that it's got a lot of heart. Yeah, I... It, uh, especially, like, for... Especially for, like, mostly for the children and, like, uh, sort of the <laughs> the underclass... Um, because, again, like, I say Hinamatsuri is a show about how adults suck, um, and that's both, that's half a joke and also half serious. Um, because the only adults in this show who are actually a good influence are the homeless people that Anzu sort of grows up with initially and the elderly couple that take Anzu Anzu in. And that's kind of it. Every Every other adult like you know, they may try their best and they may have their hearts in the right place, but they kind of suck and aren't actually good influences on kids and often, like, beat them astray. Um, Nita, like, Nita particularly, um, you know, he's taking care of Hina, but he's kind of a jerk, and even at the end of the series, even though he's warmed up to Nita, like, even though he's warmed up to Hina, like, he's still... Not a very good guardian, um, and doesn't really like know how to like treat her prop like treat her properly and give her the emotional emotional support she needs. Um, like Utako, the bartender, like really takes advantage of Hitomi, uh, and like even like goads her into like, living on her own when she really shouldn't, and she just hash things out with her mother. That just leads Hitomi into, like, even more problems. And then, Sabu, uh, Nita's, like, friend in the Yakuza, like, he convinces Anzu to, like, spend her money on horse races. Like, all these guys suck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you
1: need to throw, you need, if we were talking about people, we need to throw in, uh, Nita's mom and sister.
0: Yeah, yeah, Nita's family isn't is, isn't a whole lot better either.
1: Well, you wonder where, you know, there's a place, there, there was an old saying, you wonder where it comes from, it usually starts at home. Well, after seeing his sister and his mother, yeah, I can understand why Nita's the way he is.
0: Yeah, and like, this is, a, like, especially in the latter half of the series, um, you know, there there's definitely a... and it's not even like particularly subtle Um, the show makes it very clear that having good influences and good role models is is extremely important for children to grow up to be like functioning adults like who have empathy and like the necessary social skills Uh, because like Anzu when she first shows up is a huge jerk Uh, but then when she like You know, then she's influenced by the homeless people who are portrayed constantly, like, very sympathetically uh, by the show. Uh, And then, like, they teach her, you know, how to be a good person and how to, like, uh, value belongings properly. And, you know, then she goes into the house with uh, the elderly couple. And they're also, like, one of the few adults that are portrayed as you know kind of like ideal people um and because of that anzu ends up being like like super well adjusted uh like comparatively whereas hina who starts out like kind of like kind of oblivious but not as bad as anzu because she pretty much just has nita to go by Nita doesn't really teach her anything. He doesn't even try for the most part. And, like, Hina largely has to rely on her other friends to, like, grow to be a better person. And she kind of does a little, but she doesn't have nearly as much growth as Anzu does. Um, And, yeah, it's just... I kind of like that the show goes at that theme, and is like, hey, adults, maybe, like, Treat children properly. I, I I I was surprised to see that message in this show, um, and I kind of appreciate it honestly.
1: Uh, well, where, yeah. where I get where I get uh, is uh, some of the interactions, like when they're throwing the homeless people off, and they and they have to tell Anzu, you know, no, we need to split up. Yes, I know it's a wonderful idea, but we need to be on our own because we've been dependent long enough and Whoa. the other thing that kind of got to me and it happened in the later episodes is this character Mao shows up out of nowhere.
0: Oh, Mao's episodes are so good.
1: Well, Mao's episodes have left me to believe that we are going to get more of what we just finished
0: watching. Uh, yeah, like it it definitely ends on a cliffhanger for Mao, like she doesn't really I mean,
1: she's she's yeah, turned her, the planet. Her,
0: sti- her story arc is definitely left open, so it, it it definitely seems to indicate we'll get more of this.
1: She's she's left, you know, she's spent, it looks like the better part of a year. Oh, and the little red balls. Hey, little red balls don't like washing machines, okay? We, we've figured this out. And so when Mouse shows up and hits the island, what's the first thing that happens to the little red balls? They get washed out to sea. So even if you find them, they're worthless.
3: Well, yeah, the... I think, yeah, get, getting back to, like, the uh, the themes there, I think, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, what I took away from it about the, you know, the point that this show was trying to make was that, you know, you know, is that, like, <clears throat> families are hard, but they're important. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing is, is, the way society treats those that don't fit in and it's, back, it's back to the homeless and, and actually, you know, when they were chasing Anzu down the street after she finally got some money, you know, they collected all the money and she paid her debt, which was a good thing. But he kind of like the <laughs> kid just busted her butt. Well, yeah, she, but she's a kid. No, they're treating her like a, you know, we're, we're talking about teenagers here. Barely. I mean, yeah. uh, Hannah but, says she's she's thirteen, you know. Uh, but,
0: yeah, like that. That's that's actually a good point, um, Ben. Because I I think I think my I think my uh, what I got about it got out of it is kind of like a subset of the larger theme you pointed out. I think what you found is sort of the larger umbrella theme well, that right. family is important because like uh, a lot of the conflict that's caused. Uh, in this show are by, are, are what are hap- happens when families like fail or there's a dysfunction there. Um, sort of going to Hitomi, uh, she, like a lot of the, uh, struggles and abuse that she faces, um, is because like, she's afraid that her family won't understand, you know, her job working at a bar. And then she ends up being totally right, like, she tells her mother the truth, like, she may have waited too long to say it, but, like, we kind of find out that maybe her fears were justified, because her mom refuses to believe her, and is, like, immediately jumps to, like, oh, are you prostituting yourself? It's like, (laughs) she doesn't get any sort of support or understanding from her family, like, until the very end, when things have totally spiraled out of control. And she just wants her mother to like back her up and say like, "Look, no, it's fine. Just go, go be like a normal high schooler again. Like, yeah. oh, you can live it. You can live in your house again." And she and doesn't she, get that.
1: No, and yeah. she gets she gets to the apartment full, the housewarming, and finds all these people that Hitomi has made contact with, and she looks around and goes, "Wow, you've got yourself all set up." Well, I'm not going to say anymore. See you later, bye. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, the other thing about it is that what the show also shows is a wide variety of different family structures. Yeah. And and how, you know, and how sometimes unconventional family structures, you know, you know, unconventional family structures where there's empathy and understanding work better than, you know,
0: more conventional family structures where it doesn't have that. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I like, like, Hitomi probably has the most traditional out of the main kids in the series, and she kind of ends up the worst off at the end. Well, yeah. Hina has, like, single dad, and she ends up okay, but not great, just because Nita's not a very good person. But then, like, Anzu has, like, you know, the elderly couple adopt her, and before that is sort of, like, communally, communally raised by homeless, uh which is like especially abnormal and she ends up the best out of all of them yeah well yeah and then you've got mao who's
3: like who starts off alone and then she's uh you know and then she's taken in by this uh you know this chinese kung fu cult
0: yeah mao is sort of like the outlier in this because like she kind of she kind of just like starts out fairly well adjusted and ends that way as well um so she's kind of the only one that doesn't fit into this theming uh but also we don't really know all that much about her like we only got two half episodes so um yeah. you know it may just be because they're just doing something different with her
3: yeah uh yeah like the other thing is, is the uh, is is the uh, like the style of comedy. It you know, it, it's a it's offbeat, but it works.
0: Yeah, and and initially, like based on the premise of like girl with psychic powers, like shows up in a Yakuza's house. you think it's going to be sort of more absurdist along the lines of something like Cromarty High School? But it's really not. Like, it occasionally does. Um, but most of the time, the humor is a lot more grounded. And, like, honestly, after the first couple episodes, the psychic powers almost never come up. Like, there's a couple good gags that involve them later in the series, uh, especially one involving one of Hina's classmates who, like, gets it into her head that she's going to learn the psychic powers uh, that culminates in a extremely funny, like uh comeuppance uh at the end um
1: sexually like embarrassing moment yes
0: but yeah mm-hmm. like there's there's actually not a whole the psychic powers don't really factor in much at all well and outside of like a couple specific gags and we've still
1: been led to believe that hina still thinks she's got her collar on and if she misbehaves they'll twist
0: her neck off mm-hmm. oh yeah now, somewhere that was, along the line... That was kind of another good one, where, like, the evaluator arrives, and she's like, okay, I just have to... All I have to do is answer no on one of these questions, and Hina fails. And, and, and Nita has done just a, a good enough... Like, just a good enough job that Hina, like, managed to get all of them like, yes, and she's just, like, it, so mad that it, Hina has learned to be a good person.
1: Well, and then she gets back to her apartment and reads the frying print, she says, yeah, if she scores over 90, then you gotta bring her home. Whoops. What? Huh? No. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I guess the other thing that I kind of wanted to cover was the look at adults and we're talking Hitomi pretty much here. Hitomi's view of adults. Hitomi's a bartender. Bartenders, people always seem to relate and tell their bartender their problems. And Hitomi gets dumped on on a few problems and actually she handles most of those problems relatively well considering her age and Well... Well, yes. that's,
3: that's because, uh, that's because, uh, Hitomi is actually low level superhuman. She doesn't have psychic powers, but she is definitely.
0: <laughs> she has super competence.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, uh, and, yeah, that, and I really love Hitomi's character arc. The way she gets into all these, uh, she gets into all these absurd situations that, like, you know that put her through the ringer, like emotionally and mentally, and she still triumphs over them. And you know, yeah, and, and she still she still maintains, you know, she still maintains her her moral center and her emotional equilibrium for the most uh, part. Yeah, I think she's th-
0: definitely one of my favorites. I um, think, and like, it, it's kind of both a. a like her job as a bartender the fact that she is able to like give advice so well to like these adults um and and also combined with how a lot of the adults in her life constantly mistreat her um is like a really biting commentary (laughs) on like the nature of age versus maturity
1: (laughs) Oh now wait a minute let's let's not forget when her peers finally find out what she's doing and they confront her in the bar uh children can be pretty uh <clears throat> straightforward oh, yeah. straight too
0: especially yeah when her, sta- fr- her her friends are her her friends are kind of idiots <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> when they stand there and make her confess that she's a you know a elementary school bartender it's like middle school but yeah it's like you know I'm going yeah, so you guys are going to keep this up for the whole episode huh okay sure yeah. why not everybody have fun <coughs> um, yeah I just the the Mao arc when it, when Mao showed up it's so late at the end and I kept watching it since this so wait a minute the three because she made the coconuts so she could talk to Hina and so she knows who she's looking for And I'm just like, okay, so now what's going to happen when these guys all get together? Nope, here's the end. Come back in six months to the year when we come up with some more for you to watch.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that that first Mao episode was so, so good. Uh, It's because it was sort of a goofy um, Survivor parody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or a Castaway parody. Yeah, Castaway, that's that's the one I was looking for. Gilligan's Island. uh, Tom Hanks, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah I love the way she, like, she sort of, she sort of makes, like, coconut versions of Anzu and Hina, and, you know, it has, like, you know, carries on these, like, imaginary conversations with them, you know, where Anzu yeah. is, like, you know, Anzu's sort of, like, semi tsundere, and
0: Hina's just, like, feed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hina's very simple. Um yeah, and then, like, there's a callback to it in her uh, next appearance where she's made, like, the Tanfas into... Or whatever the heck those things are. Uh, uh, into uh, Anzu and Hina replicas in, like, the martial arts place. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That, that part was, like, one of my favorites where she meets up with the... Uh, with the rocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really goofy, kind of fun character. Uh... And she has that kung fu fight and destroys the like robot training dummy thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I really, I really, really like Mao, and I hope we get a second season so we can get more of her.
3: Uh, yeah, the other thing that makes the humor work is the reaction
0: faces. Oh, especially Hitomi's. Yeah. Like they kind of go into attack. Like Tommy's reaction faces remind me of the Attack on Titan aesthetic.
3: Yeah, I can see where you got that from. Uh, actually, like it's more like it's more like, uh, it's more like
0: uh, Edward munches the scream
3: kind of thing.
0: That... yeah, but like I'm I'm specifically thinking of like the the coloring of her reaction face. Um let me just go ahead and I'll just link the uh image in here. Oh no, I don't want a Pinterest link. I swear to God, I hate Pinterest. Pinterest is ruined given Google image search.
1: Um, um There's a lot there of things go. that Google doesn't have that used to be
0: nice. Yeah. But yeah, so like specifically like the the shading and like the different um coloring style on the reaction face reminds me a lot of the reaction faces in attack on titan just the way that they're shaded and like the detail on the the teeth and the face (laughs) yeah um and maybe i'm just imagining it but that's like immediately what i thought of was attack on titan (laughs)
3: yeah yeah and the uh, and the eyes and the, the way they show the eyes and the
0: tongue yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's just, those reaction faces
3: are just priceless.
0: Yeah, it's it's super unsettling, uh, but also, like, yeah, yeah, no, I've had that situation before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and what, what, what I like about it is that they don't really... Whenever they do the reactions, they don't really do the stereotypical thing where the cast members just, like, say the punchline out loud... Or it's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get that's that's what the joke was. <laughs>
1: uh, I guess the last thing is the feeble attempts to put the bar owner and the Yakuza together. Oh yeah, and feeble. I don't know. I, I when she walked you know, Hitomi's got Hina now. You got to talk to her like this, like that, so like that. She walks in, looks her the face, says, "Why don't you date Nita?" <laughs> and she goes, had had had, had Tommy's about to have a stroke. She goes, She li- oh yeah, she listened. No, she didn't. Listen. And then and the way the Utico bailed out on that, she's like, Well, you know, all he did was talk about Hina. All he did is talk about Hina. He says, Well, I, I can't can't see myself dating a divorced dad. Well, Nita's yeah.
0: never been married and it's like you know, so it's like well, it's 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 not even that. It's like Utiko says, like Utiko doesn't say she's not interested in Nita. She says like, oh, I I would want to get in between that. Yeah, well, and okay. like again, it's just uh... like, Udo, like, and this is sort of like a constant thing for Utiko, and it's kind of funny because like she says that it sort of like gets at the idea of why Hitomi is like a way better bartender than her now. <laughs> Is that Utiko just doesn't understand people at all?
1: Oh, yeah, she says I used to make drinks for people that I, and now I just what what happened to my caring? And you know, it, it, like, yeah, there's I see enough material for a good second season.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, there are
1: things, like, a lot of things that could be worked out.
3: There, but well, okay, the thing is, is that this is. Uh... Right, this is adapted from a manga, and the thing about the manga is that there's
0: actually a three-year time skip in the middle.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a second Yeah, they season... alluded
0: to that before... They alluded to that after, like, the... In the last... In the second half of the uh, uh, last episode, where they, like, say, oh, here's... They do the credit roll, and then they're like, okay, t- three years later, and then they cut to Mao. Right.
3: Yeah. Because in the manga... They, they In the manga, later chapters have the, you know, Hina and Hitobi and everything, and all of them in high school.
1: Oh, that has to be unsettlingly funny.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really hoping they get a chance to adapt those. <coughs> or maybe I'll just read them. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, the one... I don't know, the one
3: uh, nitpick, I think, and I... I is that the, uh, the structure, I didn't feel like that the, the structure, like, the, the, the episodic structure, uh, had enough of a sense of narrative momentum.
0: Yeah, I will agree that the structure was kind of weird, because at times it felt like it wanted to be a sort of sitcom type show where the events of each individual episode didn't really matter. Um, I, like specifically like like for example i'm thinking of the uh, episode where uh this journalist like makes up like basically does a documentary on nita and just totally makes everything up because he thinks nita is too boring um and like that has basically no effect uh whereas like other episodes have a very major effect and it's sort of like this weird mishmash of things that do matter and things that don't matter, and the tonal shifts can be a little weird at times. Well, I
1: wouldn't say that it didn't <laughs> matter because the boss didn't find it very funny, but... Uh, well,
0: well, yeah, but that doesn't... That didn't seem to have really any effect on Nita's, like,
1: status no, he, or future as a he, young, No, as he a, he he was still among the living at the end of the episode. Yes, you are correct there.
3: Well, also... In terms of the in terms of how that fits in the timeline, is that I think the whole, the whole the like like the whole period when the the whole period when the reporter is covering Nita, actually like in terms of the time, it actually spans like three or four episodes because uh, because like the early part like the in episode you know the, the whole thing with the reporters in episode eleven, but. But, uh, like, the early parts of, uh, the early parts of, like, the reporter's coverage of the story, uh, shows, uh, Hina in a cast, which happens in episode, happens in episode eight. Oh, yeah. Um, so it seems like that, like, the reporter's whole, like, the, the like, the reporter's episode actually covers, like, from episodes 8 through 11 from a different perspective.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, but yeah, like, I definitely agree. Like, the, the the show overall, like, I think does a really good job. But yeah, the structure can be a little weird at times.
1: Uh-huh. Life is life is a little weird at yeah. times too. So
0: <laughs> I think it's still a very strong show,
3: it that is, I think, very much worth watching. Well, it, I think
1: people who thought it was going to be one thing were pleasantly surprised to find out it ended yeah. up something completely different.
0: I will say if you are expecting a sort of like um oh, here more, more dedicated comedy show, you're not gonna get that. Um, like there is still comedy straw. peppered throughout, but it, it later uh, the later you go into the series, like um, the more the comedy sort of becomes a seasoning to the drama. Eh, I think it's I think I think it's still a comedy
3: throughout, but but yeah, but it has but it, it's sort of it's balanced with drama and it has. And it has a weight to it, yeah, because you know because even the comet even like because even the comedic moments still have a point. and they still
0: serve the overall themes of the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, it feels it, it feels a little like squid girl in that way. Um, though I probably though more serious than Squid Girl was, I think. Uh, I never watched Squid Girl. I'm actually kind of surprised. We we really liked that show, if I remember correctly. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, before my time on this on the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured you would have watched it, though. Maybe you were mostly <clears> just <throat> reading manga at the time, though. Uh. Well, uh, the thing is, is that I'm generally not a fan of 4 comma adaptations. Ah, I see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I, that's kind of all I had to say about Hinamatsuri. I'm not sure about you two. Uh, nah,
3: I think I've said what I need to say about it. And I'm going to give the
0: show overall a strong 4. I will agree with that 4. How about you, Larry? <laughs> yep, you're still there? Uh, I think Larry's
3: having uh, Larry's having issues with his Bluetooth.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, his Bluetooth dropped. Okay. Uh, we'll just wait for a second while he comes back. <laughs> Hopefully. Hello, are you still there, Larry? there
1: Yeah, the Bluetooth, ah. the,
0: the headset went dead. It's been on the charger. Oh, dang.
1: It went on the charger all day. Okay, I'm back.
0: Huh. Anyway, uh, we were giving our scores to. Uh, well, I guess the last thing I asked was like, do you have anything more to say about uh, Hina Matsuri? Um, I well, want more. than I didn't, so we gave our scores.
1: I, I want more, and I'll give it a five. Okay,
0: uh, we gave uh, fours. That's no, all right. I,
1: I enjoyed it from probably a vantage point of uh, the our age differences.
0: <laughs> I can I can easily see how uh, you'd give it a five if you uh, if the weird sort of structural issues didn't bother you nearly as much. Um, so yeah, that'll be it for this review um, and also it for this episode of Bakacast. Well, except, uh, I, uh, we have. Uh... We have some comments. Yes. Uh, so I'm not going to read the uh, entire thing unless there's like some new ones in one of the most recent posts, actual podcast posts. Nope, there aren't. Uh, yeah. So the mm-hmm. only comments we have recently are for uh, the pin post I made on Project Harhi, asking about suggestions for um, sort of the segments to do for the future. Uh from we got two from a uh, dayriff and uh a cyber dude who now calls himself the age of cybers <laughs> on the blog. Uh, so uh, a lot of dayriff suggestions I have actually thought about myself. Uh, retro reviews, post season reviews, uh, critic discussions, uh, and some like more, um, some more uh, sort of concentrated things like uh. Mm-hmm doing our own sort of every frame of painting kind of discussions about, um, sort of very specific episodes, what makes them work and what doesn't, uh, things like that. Um, kind of big questions about, uh, various series, uh, and also me watching Cowboy Bebop. Finally, um, all these things are things we've considered, uh, or at least I've considered. And, um, I think at some point we will like, we will do segments for all those types uh also uh cyber Dude suggested um started doing weekly reviews but a season behind um we may do that for some shows uh but i i think we're gonna mostly stay away from weekly reviews and mostly do like big chunks if we're gonna do that at all uh for past seasons uh so speaking of which for uh, the next episode we'll do and we'll be taking like a three week break this time. Cause I'm going to be on vacation for a week and uh, we'll not be spending any time on anime. <laughs> uh, so uh, in three weeks, we'll be doing another recording uh, where uh, we will be covering the first six episodes of serial F- experiments lane as our retro review, uh, which you can find on Crunchyroll If you do not have uh, one of the collections already, uh, we will also, uh, for one of our postseason reviews, uh, be talking about the first six episodes of Mob Psycho One Hundred, uh, since that is definitely one of the bigger shows that aired recently, which we didn't really cover much, uh, just because we kind of did a hiatus during that, uh, during you know when it was on. Uh, and uh, also, we will be continuing our Godzilla review with the uh, second movie. Uh, which, oh god, what's the subtitle for that? I think, uh, Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. Um, so yeah, we will be covering those in, we'll be doing a recording on those in three weeks, uh, so if you have uh, any questions you'd like to ask about those uh, topics or anything else or if you've got like if you want to watch along and leave your uh, and co- leave your comments on the blog about them you know we'd be happy to have them uh, so you can either post them on the blog at www.projectharhi.net or at audioentryb.com, uh, or you can also ask us questions or leave us uh, comments uh, on our uh, at our Twitter handles. Um, I am at stills the GM and I am at Deathslinky.
1: And I'm at my yeah, desk.
0: And, and uh, yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Whenever this yeah. the next episode. Yeah, is edited and released. Looking forward to rewatching Mob Psycho because that was my favorite show of 2016. Yeah, and I am looking forward to watching it for the first time because I only watched the first couple episodes uh, when uh, we covered it very briefly during you know the start of that first season. Uh, and I'm also looking forward to remembering what the hell Serial Experiments Lane is about because I remember almost nothing. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) from from when it first aired twenty years ago.
3: Yeah, since yeah, this is the twentieth anniversary of Serial Experiments Lane, so you got we got to do that.
0: Yeah, and our future has gotten a lot more cyberpunk dystopia since then. So it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how how much is still relatable about serial experiments lane and, and whether any predictions it made has sort of come to pass. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, seeing how it withstands stands the test of time.
0: Yeah. So, so Yeah, um... that'll be that'll be it for this episode of BakaCast Cast. Uh, and I mm-hmm. hope y'all have wonderful rest of your day. I've totally lost track of where I was going with this outro. Ben Dustin three, two, one
1: Get of us yeah, as I've said a lot of times, anime is good for the soul, terrestrial television, not so much. Have a nice time, bye-bye. Sensate's pretty good though.